it's Father's Day, and I just thought, you know, it'd be good just to um, come and uh, have a bit of a chat together, I, rather than, a, than a, a preach so much. Um, so I thought I'd give it a go. I gave it, it, went, it went all right in five o'clock, so I thought we'll, uh, we'll give it a go again here, and I'm going to try and be a little bit more, thank you, I try and be a little bit more disciplined than I was in the five o'clock because uh, I didn't really get anywhere near where I needed to get to. Um, so, yeah, I thought to myself, you know, like it's Father's Day, what, what shall we talk about? And I thought rather than just coming and, and preaching, let's have a chat together. And I, I was thinking about, for me, um, what would be good was to, would be to share some of the things that I've learned well, I've learned and I am learning from being a father. Um, and yeah, it's, so it's just that we're going to look at a couple of scriptures along the way and, and all that. But it's just sharing a little bit of my experience along the way, uh, which, you know, is very much part of my story. So some things I've learned and I'm learning from being a father. The first thing that I want to say to us is you don't have to have had a good father to be a good father. And, you know, I don't want to just uh, diss my dad. You know, I think that he did the best that he could do, I suppose, for a man who didn't know and love Jesus. And he himself was the product of his history. And he didn't have the benefit of a relationship with God like I've got the benefit of that. So he didn't have the benefit of being healed and blessed and, and so on and so forth. You know, uh, social workers will tell us that, you know, history will tend to repeat itself. You know, the, it's not unusual that, you know, the, the abused become abusers. You know, that is the way of life, but I don't believe that's the way of the gospel. I believe the gospel provides us another, another way. Um, and so, yeah, I think that if, if you are going to be, um, if you're going to, you know, be the kind of father that God wants you to be, in, in spite of your history, then there's a couple of non-negotiables. And, uh, because that doesn't happen by accident. If you, don't, if you don't do what I'm just about to say, what the Bible already says, you will drag your history into your presence. And you won't want to do it, and you won't mean to do it. But you will do it, because you've got to be free from it in order to not drag it in. And the two things that you need to do, the first thing, the first non-negotiable is to honor your father and to honor your mother. Uh, you know, that's not just part of the Ten Commandments. It's, it, it, it's in the New Testament too. Paul writing to the Ephesian church said, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. I mean, these words are not for nothing. You know, they are, that means it carries power. 
You know, what does it mean? What does it mean to, to honor? You know, what does that actually mean? Um, it can be difficult uh, to respect your father or your mother for the way they have treated you. Um, but we are required to honor them. And, and that means that we, we focus on the bits we can be grateful for. And you may not be able to be grateful for anything other than the fact that they gave you life. You might not even know. You say, you say, well, you want me to honor my dad. I don't even know my dad. How can I honor somebody I don't even know? Well, you can honor them before the Lord and say, I don't know my father, but you know him. And I thank you that you, gave, you used this person to give me life. Because the fact you're on the earth means... That God has a plan for your life. I don't know. I don't know the circumstances of your conception. And I do not know the circumstances of your birth. But I know the fact that you are here is proof that God loves you. And God has got a plan for your life. And you don't, you don't need to worry about any of that. The fact that those circumstances came together and you ended up on planet earth. At the end of the day, that's the most important thing. And God has got incredible plans for your life. So you have to come to a place where you can, before God and before man, come to a place of saying, well, you know, they weren't perfect, but I honor them. I honor them. Why? Because God says I should. And God gives me a promise. He says it's the first commandment with a promise. If I do honor him, then it will go well with me and I'll live long in the, in the earth. That's what, that's what the Bible says. So that's a good reason. And the second thing is to forgive. Matthew 6, 14, 15, very powerful verse. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others your, their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I mean, it is as simple as that. And so you have to come to a place of forgiveness. You know, I, I, I could talk long about that. But to honor and to forgive is essential if you are going to want to be a good father or obviously applies to be a good mother you will if you do these things then god will help you to not drag your history into your present so even in the absence of a great god a role uh, of a great role model god can help you to still become a good father a good mother it's a humbling thing you know um if like me you can look back over your shoulder and you can see not a lot of great stuff. It's easy to think to yourself, well, you know, I, I would never do that and I would never do that and I would never treat people like that. But trust me, I mean, I'm I, 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 born again, baptized, spirit-filled, and I've made a lot of mistakes as a father. And you, it's a humbling thing. Sometimes it's very easy to criticize those who have gone before about what they should have done. But, you know, you have to understand that you yourself, no matter how, uh, you know, no matter what they, they, they were like, you, you've got to take responsibility for you and for your parenting. So you won't be a perfect father. You won't be a perfect mother. That's a humbling thing. But God, will, God, God is wonderful and amazing, and he often will make up for our mistakes, which is which is just wonderful. I'm going to move on. As a father, I discovered the father heart of God. 
You know, one of the things that I've always found fascinating is that you are supposed to teach your children, and yet so many times in bringing up children, you end up being the student. And they teach you things. And I remember this was something that God did in my heart. I, uh, I, was, uh, I got saved, um, and, uh, you know, uh, God, I knew about God, and I knew... I knew the theory of the fact that God loved me, and I knew that, 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 that um, God loved me in, in, unconditionally. But I don't know that I felt God loved me. I knew God loved me, but I didn't feel it. And I remember um, Bethany, uh, my eldest, when she was born, and we were living in our old house on Hockner Road. And um, uh, she had just learned to crawl, and she crawled across our little landing there. And I scooped her up in my arms, and in that moment, felt such an intense, overwhelming sense of love and protection. Like, I'd die for this baby. I just, you know, it was like I'd never felt that for anything, for anything before in the same way in my life. And right in the middle of the intensity of that moment, I felt the Spirit of God say to me, that's how I love you. And I'd never, I'd never understood that or felt that before and it was like God used that moment to show me something and it unlocked something in my heart next I next thing I learned I learned that a father will set the atmosphere in the home by his mood and attitude um, you know I understood I understood when I was preparing this that you know we're not going to be necessarily uh, overwhelmed with dads in the house, but maybe, maybe the most important people are those who are yet to be moms and dads. Because if you can put some of these things in place and get, get God to deal with some stuff in your heart before you get to parents, then you, life's going to be a lot easier. You know, I had to learn that the way I am in the house greatly affects, greatly influences the family my attitude, my mood. I cannot afford to be bringing my bad day into the home. And I was thinking, you know, what, what, what happens in your kids' hearts when they hear the door go and it's dad? Does their heart, is, does it lift with joy or does it sink? See, I know what it is to have your heart sink when you hear the door. But I don't believe that's what God wants. God wants your heart to lift with joy. And I, thought, I put down here, you know, it's often a strategy of moms, and I completely understand it. Uh, you know, when, when moms have uh, come to the end, and say, thank you for my uh, fruit juice. Um, it's a strategy of moms with their kids when they've come to the end of themselves to say, you wait till your father gets home. You, you know, and... And to use that as leverage to get them. But, you know, I want to say that dad coming home should be a joyful thing. And I'm not saying, listen, hey, reality of life, reality check. It does need to happen from time to time. But it shouldn't be used all the time. Because dad coming home should be a joyful, a joyful thing. And, you know, I think that a father shouldn't only be seen as the one who's bringing discipline in the home, you know. Uh, and I don't think a mom should be the only one who's seen who's bringing discipline in the home. You know, love 
Love has, love has discipline, discipleship as part of it. Some of us only see discipline as punishment. Discipline is discipleship. It's, it's, it's discipline isn't just about punishment. And, and you know, I, I, I don't think that punishment should just be used for punishment's sake. We, we should be constructive even in our discipline. How are we helping people to become better? How am I helping my child to become better by what I'm training them in? Um, you know, it's like these are like little boxes that when you open them up, all kinds of other stuff I could talk about, but I'm going to be a bit more disciplined this time. So dads, don't bring a bad atmosphere when you get home. And don't be, don't be physically present, but emotionally absent. You know, one of the things, I mean, I was in ministry. I'd got a young family. And a lot of, you know, a lot of my day was spent ministering to people, pouring out to people, give, make it, helping people with their problems. And, you know, in my mind, home became a place of refuge. It became the place where I sought peace. And uh, I had to have a bit of a wake-up call to, to, you know, that I couldn't be spending myself on other people while my family was, was missing out. I needed to make sure that I was not just bodily present, but emotionally present in the home for my wife and for my children. Um, it's very important. Um, next point, as a father... You should show appropriate physical affection to your sons and daughters. You say, oh, how did that make the list? Well, it made the list because I know the impact it had on me growing up in an environment with almost zero physical affection. As I said, I remember my dad giving me a hug once in my life, and that's after giving me a good hiding. And I think he felt he'd gone too far, and he felt bad. And he gave me a hug. I have no recollection of my mother showing me any affection at all. And that was just the environment that was in. And then, you know, because of that, you see, the, you learn to cope with that by building walls. Because we are hardwired to need uh, affection. I don't care what your personality type. Uh, no, one, no one arrives in the world <laughs> not needing affection not needing physical affirmation. No, every, we, we, but we learn strategies to cope when we don't get what we need. And I remember, I mean, uh, we, I've told the story before, that, you know, when my wife and I started going out with each other, I had to learn to hold hands. Because when, when she took my hand, my inclination was to pull my hand away because I learned how to cope without physical affection. Needless to say, she was like, well, is there something wrong with me? What's wrong? That wasn't the issue. The issue wasn't, it wasn't, it's not you, babe, it's me. Um, and it was stuff that I had to work through and I had to force myself, force myself to hold hands. I don't have to force myself anymore, thank God, but I did have to in order to undo some of the coping mechanisms that I placed in my life. And so, Early on, I learned that it was important to show affection to my children. You've got to, you got to show it start right. And, and I believe that that is not only important when they're young, but it's important as they get older as well. Um, although they will seem like they don't want it as much. It'll be, oh, get off mom, get off dad. And you know what I mean? I don't, need, I don't want that. Blah, blah. But the thing is this, that it's, uh, 
sometimes, you know, kids, they don't know what's best for them. And, I, you know, I remember, I remember with my oldest daughter, um, she went through this stage, and it's, it's, it's very normal, you know, particularly young ladies and young guys, but, you know, you're growing up, the hormones are flying around, your body's changing, and, and you kind of push mom and dad away a little bit. And it can be hard for parents because they, they are not used to uh, getting that kind of reaction. But you've got to, it's like this is time to be the parent. I've got to, I've got to show up and I've got to be determined to keep showing love. So my, my daughter, when she's pushing me away, then, uh, you know, because she's saying I don't need that. So I, I thought, well, you know, okay. So I used to, she used to say, Dad, will you do this? Dad, will you do that? I said, babe, of course I'll do that for you. It's going to cost you one hug. Or it's going to cost you two hugs. And it's, oh, Dad, what are you doing? I said, it's fine. If you don't want it, it's cool. And then, of course, so then she used to stand there. Honestly, there was more life in this lectern than there was. She used to stand there just like eyes rolling, stiff as a post. Um, but, you know, and that from being 13 probably to 18, that was, it was just like she was not interested at all. And then one day when she was 18, she came and sat on my lap and I got my little girl back and she never went away again. But you've got to get through those tough years. It's for moms and dads to, to rise up and, 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 and ride out the rejection. You know, it's not comfortable and it's not nice, but that's where we've got to, that's why it's important that we go into parenting with healed hearts. Because if I don't go into a parenting with a healed heart, I'm going to drag my pain into that moment. And I'm not going to take up my responsibility because I'm still wounded. My wounds are still wide open. And so when I get that rejection, my, res my response is, oh, you know what? Well, okay, well, forget you. You know, I, I don't want it then. But, but that's not the attitude. My, my responsibility is to be the parent, to be the father, and to push through. Um, and I think that, um, you know, what have I put here? Um, I think that someone once said, the best thing a man can do for his children is love their mother. And a man will model to his son how to treat a woman by his words and actions. And he will model to his daughter how they should learn to be treated. Um, a, a father should model affection. I remember, you know, when the kids were young and I used to give Lynette a kiss and a cuddle. I'm telling you, it was like a magnet. The moment I took her in my arms, the kids were there trying to get between us, trying to get around us. It was like we could never have a kiss and a cuddle without them being around. It's a bit different now. Now the kids go, oh, for goodness sake, do you have to? But that's what they were like when they were, when they were little. So you, you model affection. You model, a father should model kind words and compliments. Um, let your sons and your daughters hear you compliment their mother. Um, it's so important. Um, and to model acts of service. Your son is learning how to treat his future wife by watching how you treat his mother. And daughters are learning how they should be treated. I think, you know, I'm a big believer. Fathers, it's not just about physical affection. You should learn how to pay compliments. Don't just think it. Give compliments. Give, give verbal affirmation to your boys. 
Give compliments to your girl, girls. You know, don't let, don't let some boy come along and say nicer things to your daughter than you've been saying. Don't let, don't let some young boy come along and start saying nicer things than you said because you know what? The, the ladies, they like to hear nice things. And if, why, should, why should some boy come You know what I mean? I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone, any of my, particularly with my girls, but I don't want them ever thinking that some boy has treated them better than I've treated them. You know what I mean? If they, if they, they should be, any boy who doesn't treat her that comes up to the standard of the dad, they should be like, on, on your bike, buster. You know what I mean? I don't want you around here. They should be looking for someone uh, that, 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 that they're going to them, not because of what they're not getting from their father, but because that, that what they are getting from their father should be the measure. I said that, you know, I said it, I just feel to say it again. That I do, I'm, listen, I'm not saying that this is written in stone, but I think that it's very normal for a, a young girl, a teenage girl particularly, to want the, the, the physical affirmation of a male, male arms around her. And that should come from their father. But, but if, it, and if it doesn't, it can, it can send the girl to the arms of another man who, or, uh, you know, who, who has got some other things on their mind. And some girls can find themselves in sexual relationships not because they wanted the sex, but that is the trade-off for the cuddles. All they wanted was some strong arms around them and to someone to tell them that they loved them and that they appreciated them. Anyway, you know, that's a, a, another thing. So, uh, you know, tell, tell your daughters, tell your daughters they look good. Tell your daughters that, 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 that you know, that they look, they look pretty and, and even, you know, they're going to pretend, oh, you know, like they don't care. They care. They care. Encourage your sons if they do something well. Let them know about it. Use words to build up, not break down. Ephesians 4 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ephesians 6 also says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I, I just find it interesting that mothers didn't get that. You know, they, they didn't say mothers and fathers. It said, hey, dads, do not exasperate your kids. Do you know what exasperate means? To irritate or provoke to a high degree, to annoy extremely, to get on someone's nerves, to make their blood boil. Now, yo, um, and I just think that you know, it's not an effective tool. I think that's what Jesus is trying to say. It's actually not an effective tool. Words have power, and they should be used to motivate, not to exasperate. <laughs> a father should model that a promise is a promise. Moms and dads should model that a promise is a promise. If you promised, you teach your kids to keep their word by you keeping your word. Don't come out with that business, do as I say, not as I do. If you made a promise, keep your promise. It's not always easy to keep promises. You know, when you said you're going to take them to park, and then it comes around to taking them to park, and you're tired and you don't feel like it. And you think, oh, we'll do it another day. No, you promised. Get your coat on and get outside and take that child to the park. 
That is keeping a promise. My kids got onto this early. They used to say, if I used to say something, they used to say, Dad, do you promise? Because they knew if I said I promised, I must do it. But I used to come up with all kinds of verbal gymnastics to try and get a way of saying it without actually promising. But anyway, that was just the way we had to make it work. And you know what? In life, the truth is this. Sometimes promises do have to be broken. But then you have to compensate. So you have to say, you know, I would have loved to have done this. Or I would have loved, look, this has come up. But you know what? Instead of that, we're going to do this. And you give them something else to look forward to. Um, that's to do with words having power. Also, acts, acts of service. You know, I had to learn. You know, I'm a, my, one of my uh, love languages is giving gifts. And, um, and the way we often show love is the way that we would want love to be shown to us. So, like, for me, an easy thing, if I'm showing love, I will buy a gift. I will give a gift. But it's not my, you know, it's not my way, not my way my wife. It's, you know, like, I had to learn that in one way it's easier to turn up with a bunch of flowers than it is to do the washing up. Now, she likes flowers. But sometimes an act of service is a greater gift than a bunch of flowers. And, uh, you know, if you bring a bunch of flowers, give her a kiss, here, our babe, and then you just leave her sleeves rolled up by the sink, you know, kids screaming, ah. You know, sometimes an act of service is, is a better thing. And I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing for your kids to see mom serving dad and dad serving mom because they're acts of love. Um. Next, as a father, I learned to not let fear be my guide, but faith and wisdom. Second Timothy 1 says, For the Spirit, the, Spirit of God, the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And in James 1.5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And... You know, the truth is, because I didn't want my kids to carry pain like I carried pain, your temptation is, is to hold them in, you know, block off everything that might close every door that might lead to pain. It, it does not work. And God had to deal with me. He had to deal with me and speak to me, uh, uh, you know. And, and, and one day he, he said to me, why are you afraid your kids are going to fail instead of having faith they're going to succeed? And, and, and that, it, it completely changes the way you treat them. Because if, you are up, if you're trying to manage your children through fear, you're going to make a certain set of decisions. And if you, try and make, and if you do it through faith, you're going to make another set of decisions. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way... They should go, he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That word train there means devote time and effort to literally prepare for launch. To prepare for launch. When I am bringing up my children, I'm, bring it, I'm bringing them up, preparing them for launch. I am preparing them for life. And that they can, so that they can succeed without me. Next, as a father, you learn that meekness is not weakness, but controlled strength. 
As a father, you should bring strength and stability to a home, but not be overbearing. You should also know how to show humility. I don't know. It's not natural to me. Um, maybe it's just me, but I can say that you've got to learn to say sorry. If you do something wrong, if you get it wrong, say sorry. I don't care how old your child is. Say sorry. And even when you're right and you handled it in the wrong way, say sorry. Do you know it's sometimes possible to be right and wrong? I've had to say sorry many times for handling things too harshly. And essentially dealing with things in the way that my parents had dealt with me. And I had to unlearn some things and unlearn some responses. Humility means that you will not always be the teacher, but you will be the student. There are times to speak, but as a father, there are definitely times to listen. We're coming to an end, but um, as a father, you have to learn when to hold on and when to let go. It's a, it's a tough thing, you know. You spend your whole life bringing up your kids and then you've got to learn to release them. And you've got to pray that your work has been done well and that that's where you've got to believe. I've confessed that many times, that train a child up in the way they should go. You've got to believe that that's going to work because <laughs> you're not there to manage them. And I don't know, I've just been that kind of dad and, and they'll tell you, you know, I'd rather just have the real deal. I would hate it if I thought my kids were behaving one way in front of me and one way when they were off on their own. You know, they were just keeping me happy, like giving me the impression that they were like living up to what I wanted. Now, listen, there's been a little bit of that going on because I've heard some stories that have come out since. <laughs> Trust me. So I know there was some of that that went on. But on the whole, it's my responsibility to create an environment where my kids can come and talk to me about anything. It doesn't mean that they always will. And you've got to give them the freedom to go and talk to whom they choose to talk to. If they want to talk to you, they will. But they, they must feel that they can. And that's your job. You know, it's, it's not just good enough to say but baby you can come and talk to me about anything that that is not just words you've got to you've got to have shown that over a lot it's how you react to stuff over a long period of time that will teach your child you know that's not just when they're a teenager they will know that when they're six whether you're someone that they can come and share stuff with hey So you work really hard at being a father and you learn to let go. And Mark Ritchie was preaching this morning. If you weren't here, I really recommend you can listen to the podcast. It was amazing. But he ended up also talking about the prodigal son. And I, was just, I just want to finish with that. The father of the prodigal son knew when to let go. And, you know, the, the son was not really behaving in the way that he should at all. But the love of the father was able to let go. You see, love will always release. 
Love will always release. True love will always release. It may not be enjoyable. It may not be nice. It may not be easy. But it will always release. And the Father, this, this story was much more about the, the heart of the Father than it was the sin of the Son. And He accepts His Son's decision to go. And of course, we know the story. He came back after messing up because He could. Because He knew He could. Because the heart of the Father, the heart of the Father showed Him that He could. And that is the heart of our Heavenly Father. And I don't know, maybe today, and I know many of you here, you know and love the Lord. Um, but maybe, like me, you know, there just comes a time when if you don't know the Lord, you've got to make a decision to say, God, I need you. I love you. I need you in my life. My, my, the prayer I prayed when I asked Jesus into my life was like, uh, you know, it wasn't the greatest faithful prayer. It's, 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 I think I said, you know, God, if you're, if you're real. <laughs> That's where I started. But he was incredibly faithful. He took me at the simplicity of my prayer and he came into my life and utterly changed it from the inside out. He's changing it. It's an ongoing process. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, there is a loving Father who's waiting to welcome you and he's got open arms and arms and no matter where you've been and what you've done Jesus came and paid a price on a cross to deliver you from all your shame and all your guilt imagine imagine what it would feel like to have all that stuff off and a brand new start a brand new beginning with a loving father who's there for you every minute, every moment of every day. I want to ask you if you would to bow your heads and close your eyes. Because I want to come to challenge you this Father's Day and remind you of this Heavenly Father who loves you. And all you need to do is to come to a point of decision. With every head bowed and every eye closed I want to come and say you know what if you have never asked Jesus into your heart and life and maybe you've never thought about doing it maybe you never thought about a relationship with God but there's just something in your heart tonight that says wow I need this I didn't know I didn't realize I needed it but I need this this is life or maybe at one time you have had a relationship with God and the truth is life happened and you find yourself a long way away from where you should be and there's just something in you saying I need to come home I need to get my life right my relationship right with God if you fit into either of those categories with heads bowed and eyes shut I'm going to ask you in just one moment to slip up your hand nice and high someone will put a card in your hand and you can put it down straight away is there anyone here today who says yes that's me I want to give my life to Jesus I'm making a decision to give my life to Jesus God bless you that is amazing that is amazing. Someone.